When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Episode 6 of the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here with me right now. We have got an action-packed show for you as we get set for Tennessee LSU later in the show. But for the first three segments of the show, we're going to spend two-thirds of this show at least on what was an enormous Titans win up in Indianapolis. Suddenly, a series that was controlled by the Colts is now owned by the Tennessee Titans. We're going to break down every aspect of that win and what to look for from the Titans moving forward before giving you a comprehensive Tennessee LSU preview coming up later in the show. But Hutton, with the Vols on a bye week, we're going to break up our Titans-Vols discussion with a lot of Titans today, and for good reason. This past Sunday sort of felt like the formula for the Titans. I don't think Titans fans want to hear that, but Hutton, this is not a team that's going to win pretty. It's not a team that's going to win big. It's a team that's going to win close, even if they get out to a big lead in the first half. And just like the Raiders game the week before, that's exactly what we saw on Sunday up in Indy. You know, the the Titans, Chad, are going to play like a corner in, in man coverage. They're going to have their heels on the foot of a cliff, you know, right on the edge every week. And you, you're right. It's not pretty. It's not beautiful. Uh, their style, you know, is always very narrow, their path to victory. Uh, they shouldn't apologize for winning either, um, no, no matter how they go about doing that. Um, but I, I do think that lends and 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 leans to more uh, issues, right? There's there's not a, a a large margin for error in the league to begin with, and especially not when you're a run based team, time of possession, uh, trusting your defense and getting after the quarterback, and uh, your quarterback is simply there to to make some big plays, but he's not the playmaker. The guy that guy's in the backfield. It's it's a different formula than what we see across the league in general. Um, what, the, the path to victory is is no secret, right? And the Titans did it very well last week in Indianapolis. Yeah, and we're going to get into a little bit later. How can we see more of that first half Derrick Henry or first half Titans offense translate to the second half? Because it's one thing to have a slight fall off in one half or the other. It's another thing to jump headfirst off of a cliff. <laughs> and that's what the Titans have done repeatedly in second half this season. Best first half offense efficiency-wise in the NFL and the worst second half offense efficiency-wise. So we'll break that down a little bit later. But our first Titan segment every week presented by Two Rivers Ford. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invo invoice. That's right, only 1% over invoice. They treat you right. You'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from Two Rivers Ford for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. That's 800-900-1000. Hutton, getting back to this Titans win over the Colts, if we had to point to three keys to the Titans' win, let's start with the number one factor that led to the Titans getting it done again up in Indy this past weekend. They got back to their identity, and I, I don't think they tried to get away from that to begin the season. It just wasn't there. Derrick Henry won the prize fight against Jonathan Taylor on the opposite sideline, and it wasn't even close. Uh, their identity is in the trenches, and I thought the offensive line for the run game was pretty good. Uh, and the offensive line in general has been okay throughout the the two and two start, but they got they got Henry involved in the run, also in the passing game, and I think that we've seen that over the last two weeks in the passing game where it gets Henry in rhythm, 
mentioned last week on the show, you know, he was back at the the scene of the crime, the scene of the injury from last year, and he tops 100 yards. I, I, I thought that was key number one, and that coincides with what they did to Jonathan Taylor, who for the first time when he's had over 20 carries in a game, this this was the the lowest output we've seen from him. He averaged just over two yards per carry. So th- this was very good run defense from a team that started the year not doing that very well against Saquon Barkley. And I really thought the Traylon Burks holding penalty that negated the nice touchdown run for Henry was a big moment in the game for Henry getting going because that was the first time he had the the 19-yard run to start things off, that was a beautiful vintage Derrick Henry run with speed to the outside. Then he had a second one, and that's where I started thinking, oh boy, we're going to have a big-time Derrick Henry day in Indy, and he's about to go nuts in this game. Uh, but watching Traylon Burks commit that penalty made me go nuts <laughs> at the time. The Titans still scored on, on that drive, but we'll get into Traylon Burks, but just not necessary. There's holding when you say, okay, this prevented a sack or a forced fumble or really opened up a big hole, then there's holding that's completely unnecessary, and that was Traylon Burks on, on that play. Uh, key number two, though, outside of Derrick Henry, what was the second biggest key for the Titans? The, the Titans had role players step up. Danico Autry, fantastic game. Tier Tart, tipping that pass and then somehow catching it. Beautiful. In a, an athletic move that, 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 that got the tempo going. That was the equivalent of the Henry touchdown run, except this one wasn't called back. Right. Uh, and Joe Schobert, who they just signed for depth issues, he was on Pittsburgh's roster last year. And if he didn't lead them in tackles, he was really close to it over the course of the year with the Steelers, um, forcing the fumble and, and making some big plays. The Colts role players did not show up and, and the Titans did. It wasn't just Henry and Woods and the offense putting 24 points up. The defense did its part two in that first half to give possessions back and to give the offense short field position. And it wasn't Simmons or Bayard. It was Autry and Tart. And that's goes back to, you know, it's not always pretty. It's always a, a grinded out type of game. Those are their grinders. And those guys made some plays that affected the outcome. Yeah, t- totally agree. And defensively overall for the Titans, they weren't great in the second half, but they made just enough plays. And that's what this defense needs to be. Without Harold Landry, they showed to me the ability of what they can be. Even in the Raiders game, uh, they've made enough plays where they're going to give this team a chance to win. We thought coming into the season, Hutton, this could be a top three, top five defense in the NFL. I don't think it's that anymore. No, I don't either. But it it could be top ten. I still think it could be a top ten defense in the NFL. So that's, that's still a strength for this team. Key number three for the Titans win over the Colts. Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan. And and th- from this perspective, it's not the, you know, the the big passing numbers or anything like that. It's uh, Tannehill looked comfortable, and I don't think Matt Ryan looks comfortable. Tannehill doesn't look old, and Matt Ryan does. And and he's not uh, Tannehill. If the, he's feeling pressured, there was a play where he he was holding the football up next to his chest, surveying the defense. There's a Colts defender that comes around and tries to take a swipe at the football. If that's Matt Ryan, it's a fumble. Tannehill doesn't turn the football over in this game in that manner. Um, that was huge. I, I Say what you want about Ryan Tannehill and whether we would rank him in the top or bottom half of starters. I'd put him somewhere in the middle, probably, across the league. But for the way this offense is structured currently, um, that, that's not a it's, – it's not great, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a detriment. Matt Ryan hasn't played well. They, they have not gelled offensively, and – the passing game for the Titans leaves a lot to be desired, but at least you have a quarterback that it feels okay within the offense, how it's structured right now. And he's not handing the football over to, to others. Ryan's uh, Matt Ryan's fumbled what nine times in four games. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, ten, at least it, to me, that's a difference in the two and Tannehill did his job on the road, especially in the first half. I thought it was a crazy stat when I saw the the seven fumbles going into the game and then early, I think the first drive of the game, fumble number eight for yeah. Matt Ryan. You breathe on the guy, and he fumbles at this point. And, and Chad, I'm saying that even with the, the debacle to end the half, and I know I know you've harped on this this week, uh, how bad that was with clock management, 
from Vrabel to Tannehill and all that in between, this was this was a, a complete malfunction from a from a group that we normally don't see that from. It was a cluster top down, uh, organizationally, operationally. When you look at how they conducted themselves in that final that stretch of the first half, Ryan Tannehill's most to blame. Veteran yep. quarterbacks got to know, you know, pitch the ball out of bounds and kick the field goal in that moment. Don't try to play hero ball and pick up a first down. And oh, by the way, if you do run for the first down, you better damn well pick it up because <laughs> exactly. then you can spike it quickly on the next one. If you don't, you're completely SOL in that moment. I, I really thought in the moment, and it did come back to haunt them because that game was within reach because they didn't kick the field goal there. I thought they needed to be up three scores the way they played offense in the second half. That was a big error. Lapse in judgment by Tannehill. Burke's not getting out of bounds. Taking all their sweet time in the world to huddle with under a minute left. Uh, I'm thinking you are conceding any chance at a touchdown at this point, which I hate doing that with that much time left in the half. They were clearly setting it up for a field goal, but then couldn't even do that properly. Operationally, it was a total failure by the Titans at the end of the first half. But going back to the positive, did not come back to bite them because they get a big road win up in Indy. And any divisional win is good. Any divisional road win is great. We'll talk more about that divisional road win when we return. It's a Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Jonathan Hutton's breakdown of this week's Titans matchup next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee whiskey, enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. And I enjoyed responsibly over the weekend. I can, I can confirm Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee whiskey makes one hell of an old-fashioned. And I had a few of those on Saturday. I was going to say, just one? Just one yeah, old-fashioned? I, I, I will say, it was responsible in that I was home the there entire time and, and was not driving. Uh, but I enjoyed freely over the weekend, um, and it was terrific. So that Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey makes a great old-fashioned. Um, Hutton, let's talk more about the Titans. We're going to get into the Vols later and their preview their game with LSU. But a huge win on the road in Indianapolis – We've talked a lot about the keys to that win for the Titans, but in getting that win, the division looks a lot different after this Sunday now. Yes. 
uh, with what the Colts have not accomplished so far. And then the Titans going on the road and getting that win, especially Hutton, when you see what's just ahead for these teams in the AFC South on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, if the Titans lost last week to Indy, they would have fallen a game and a half behind the Colts early on. This win now has them tied with the Jags for the division lead. They're each two and two. They have a game coming up against the Washington Commanders that they should take full advantage of in the win column. They should go into the bye week at three and two. They're they're banged up. They're extremely one-dimensional, as we've mentioned. Uh, But they're winning games now. Well, after their 0-2 start, and then they come back after the bye with some crucial games that you're you're alluding to there. They, they'll they host the Colts. They'll also play the Texans. So this win in week four allowed them to stay even at the top where a loss would have been, you know, detrimental is is too strong, but you're, you're chasing as you go into the bye, regardless of what happens the week after in Washington. And you, you come out of that needing to stack wins in a hurry. They still need to do that, but this gives them some oxygen now, whereas you've got the Colts kind of gasping for air. And that's what they were doing last year at this time, too. The Titans don't have to feel that way. So I was having some of that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey on Saturday, and I started thinking to myself, you know, it's like it triggered me. It's kind of a trigger warning as I started to sip on that. I would really like some authentic Tennessee barbecue. Oh, yeah. I would love some Edley's barbecue right now. And Hutton, you know all about Edley's Barbecue and the origins of Edley's Barbecue. Absolutely. And I I know that they help you out with your tailgate, any catering that you may need. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue. And let me, Chad and I, we're always going to give suggestions. Let me help you with your next tailgate here. Wings in 25 or 50-count platters, smoked pulled pork. You've got the best brisket you've ever tasted, tender turkey, scratch-made sides at Edley's Barbecue. Family style on that. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley'sBBQ.com is the site where you can place your order. They smoke all their meats low and slow. All sides are classic family recipes. Uh, Will Newman, a great friend of mine, his grandfather and my grandfather, uh, practically neighbors back on the the family farm. Uh, We go back a ways family-wise, and you'll go back to Edley's after you taste it for the first time, edleysbbq.com. Hutton, looking at Derrick Henry and his performance so far this season and on Sunday, looked great in the first half, and the Colts were able to stop him in the second half. Typically, over the course of his career, he has been a volume player. You get him going, you get him rolling downhill, he wears down a defense, and he's much better in the second half of games and the second half of seasons as opposed to the first half of games, first half of the season. That was not the case on Sunday. Is there something specific that we should read into that with first-half performance for Derrick Henry and then what we're seeing in the second half? Well, I mean, you're right on the volume back. Um, he, he needs bulk carries. He, he had not rushed for more than 100 yards this season until Sunday. And against the Colts, 22 carries, 114 yards. He averaged over five yards per carry. He had the touchdown, should have had two. We're going to mention the Burks holding penalty again. And and most importantly here, I think, is the Titans offensive line, which has struggled to support its its typically strong run game because of injuries. They also performed well in this game. Um, Henry is having more success running to his right. Uh, Running to his right, 33 carries, 150 yards on the season. And when he runs left, 43 carries for 156 yards. Now, the yardage is about even, but whenever he's uh, running to his right, he's doing that on 10 less touches than what he is on the left side. So I'm watching for that moving forward. But, Chad, I I don't know about the remedies with the second half. And and I, to me, it's not that difficult to make adjustments to the Titans' offense. I say that not as a knock, but – the defenses go into the game knowing they have to stop Derrick Henry. It's not like, oh, at halftime, oh, we guys, we got to shut him down now. This He's 22, facing... I've never heard of him. Yeah, He's a really like, big guy running the ball. So, we might need to, to dedicate some extra defenders to trying to stop him in the run game. This has been a real mystery yeah. to us. Who is this guy? Yeah, so, I mean, when I hear, oh, the, the defense is capable of making adjustments, but Todd Downing's not, I'm thinking – the defense isn't really doing anything any different. They're still loading the box. They're putting eight men in the box. 
Um, if I, I, I'm not sure if anyone really knows uh, about the second half woes right now. What what I do know though is going back to the second touchdown run that was called back. Henry's reaction, the celebration in the end, to me that was a signal. And you mentioned this as kind of like the blowtorch to pushing him through the season. I thought he he looked as though oh I've got the legs back now. This is going to be the game where we take off, and he did that in the first half. Yeah, he tore his helmet off in the celebration, which I thought was a penalty, uh, but they did not they did not call it because they had the penalty on the trailing Burks hold before that. But I'm yeah. thinking I really hope they don't add 15 to that for unsportsmanlike because he ripped his helmet off in celebrating a, a touchdown that was called back. Uh, but I, I thought the exact same thing with his reaction. That was my immediate reaction when he took off was. We are about to celebrate a vintage Derrick Henry day for the Titans. And then that happened with, with Traylon Burks. Something else that happened in this game was Derrick Henry getting involved in the passing game. He had a couple of key drops. One that was just really bad. That should have been – it was right around the first down marker, and he hit him right in the chest, and he dropped it. Had another drop in the game also. But the concerted effort to get him the ball more in the passing game what do you see with that, Hutton? And, and do you think that's something they should utilize moving forward? Yes. Uh, I mean, out of necessity. Henry led the Titans in targets on Sunday with five passes his way on 11 routes. And and so far this season, he has 45 routes and Tannehill's on, he's dropped back 110 to 115 times. I'm trying to rem- remember the number and I can't, but it's just less than 50%. They're using him more in the passing game, and I think that's for two reasons. First, the obvious. They they want to get him out on the edge against the smaller defenders, and then we see the stiff arm and the bulldozer come out, and then his legs take him. He's very – I think he's deceptively fast for when you see him on TV versus in person running down a sideline. And then Eddie George told me that it's likely also because they don't want him running into a brick wall all of the time early on. Because he was like, you know, the wear and tear does add up. But, I mean, again, he, he's their best weapon. They're not using him nearly as much in the run game. So I think they're they're using these screens, quick passing games, as almost an extension of that. I, I suspect it continues because of how bad they are in the passing game. But, again, I, I, I think they just want him in space, matched up against a safety or a corner, and get him on his fourth step where he's running downhill. He had... He had 14 catches on 15 targets at this time a year ago. And he has eight catches on 12 targets this year. So it it looks like they're throwing him the football more. They 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 really dropped off in that area as the season progressed last year, even before the injury. And I want to see if we continue to see them move in that direction now that he's healthy and, and doing well, or are they going to turn the faucet uh, a bit off and then – Using more in the rushing game. Sunday was his first his first 100 yard rushing performance since week six of last season because he missed time uh, after Halloween and that was in the primetime game against Buffalo. Chad, they need him to pick up the pace even more. He is the horsepower to their offensive engine. Hutton, if only they had a great pass catching target oh. that could alleviate some pressure from Derrick Henry and make big plays in a second half where they weren't forced to involve Derrick Henry in the passing game. Gee, if only that guy existed. Oh, wait, he does, and he's playing in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, and, you know, you look and you see what he's done. Uh, A.J. Brown we're talking about. He was the For definition. For those new to the program, we're talking yeah, about uh, A.J. Brown. <laughs> uh, he was the definition of what they look for in every position, what they wanted when they drafted Jeffrey Simmons. They got the same in A.J. Brown. Uh have they found that against Caleb Farley or Dylan Radins or Isaiah Wilson, Darrington Evans, Nate Davis, Taewon Taylor, Laurel Murchison, Des Fitzpatrick? The list continues. The answer is no. Uh, but but A.J. Brown possessed a game-breaking alpha mentality that the rest of that crop that I just listed off doesn't have other than Jeffrey Simmons. And uh, his agent was the alpha in negotiations. Let's let's also mention that. We, we, I... He was the heartbeat of the passing game. And AJ knew, his agent knew, that the Titans didn't want to get rid of him. So they tried to double down after year three. Consider how bad the Titans have been without him uh, whenever he didn't play last year. 
and then look through what we've seen through the first four games here. The Titans' leader in receiving yards, Chad, is Robert Woods, and he has just under 170 yards. He's tied for 66th in the league, and he's the leader on the Titans with his 13 catches. I mean, that's that's awful, and they let their best wide receiver walk, partly because they didn't want to pay him, partly because they couldn't this year, but other teams found a way, and they're really struggling to find anyone that can come up with the same type of production. It's time to get defensive. Let's talk Titans defense when we come back. Vols LSU preview coming up later. It's the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. From the Honky Tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley's bbq.com This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy it, but enjoy it responsibly. 45.5% 45.5% alcohol by volume. Episode six, Hutton. We've made it. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. We We've really we done it. They said we wouldn't make it to episode six. We may not make it to episode seven, <laughs> but we're going to do our best to get there one way or the other. Uh, we're we're going to do this thing. We're going to hold hands through the night, us together, and then other, other people around us that are also now contributing, everyone together. We're going to push through. We're going to make it through the end of football season. I don't care how good or how bad it gets. We are going to do this together, talking Titans Vols every single week, uh, whether it be on a radio affiliate, on this podcast, if you're listening digitally. Excited to bring you local Tennessee coverage with Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. Hun, let's talk about Titans defense on Sunday. We hit it a little bit earlier in the show. I feel like it's a group that's doing exactly what they need to to give the Titans a chance to win. When they're needed to be a shutdown defense and be dominant in stretches, they're doing that. When they start to bend a little bit, they're going to give up some yardage. Hello, Mo Alley-Cox on Sunday having a big day. That's going to happen also. But they have this ability to pull it back together, make a timely play when it's needed the most. And we saw that time and again on Sunday and that went over Indy. Yeah, they've got good role players on that side. Um, And guys step up in their individual moments. What, con- what concerns me is this Jenga act, as I would r- refer to it, over their last two wins. 
um, the game Jenga where you're pulling the blocks out. Um, it, it, looking at uh, NFL team stats over the last two weeks, they are bending regularly, but they're not breaking. How long can that last? The, the Titans only have four instances of a three and out over these last two games. But again, they're not breaking all that much. Can they sustain this? That's, that's my big question mark. Only Miami has allowed more passing yards than the Titans. Uh, the league average is 230-ish yards, and the Titans have allowed 313. You mentioned it. A lot of that came in the second half from Matt Ryan. And, and Shane Bowen has clear issues in the secondary. And I, I think teams are going right at some of these guys knowing where the, the Titans are the weakest and knowing that they're down Harold Landry. Um, Matt, Matt Ryan started one for six, and then he completed 26 of his final 31 passes. And those 26 completions went for 340 yards. But run defense has really been great as of late. Not good in week one. And it was like, man, what happened here? And you and I discussed it. I, I, I trusted that the run defense was going to get better. They've allowed just 67 yards per game over the last two weeks, which is the second fewest only to Kansas City. So we, we have seen improvement in that area. But again, Ben, don't break. They're allowed to do that. And you can you can have a winning formula in this league with that. But can you sustain that throughout the duration of of of, of the season? Um, I I I think it's it it's hard pressed to do if the offense isn't going to score in the second half. Yeah, and I thought that um, second half wise, passing from Matt Ryan, they got into that West Coast quick release game, and it was too easy. I kept making notes down for our, our Titans postgame show. Too easy. Too easy on this one. Not, not even having enough time to get to the quarterback. It wasn't a lack of pass rush. It was that it was a three-step drop and fire it to a guy right. who was really yeah. open, not even into a tight window. When the Colts got it working a little bit in the second half, I thought there was a little bit too much of that. But again, Joe Schobert happens. Yeah. And, the, and Jonathan Taylor fumbles, who's – that's Joe Schobert – a guy picked up, you know, recently for the Titans going against the star player for the Colts, and he's winning that battle and changing the complexion of the game. So certainly not all bad for the Titans, some things they can get better with, even without Harold Landry. Uh, but I'm with you. The bend but don't break approach is, is going well so for the Titans, at least giving them a chance to win these games close. And as we mentioned in segment one, not a team that's ever going to win going away or, or blow anyone out. Something else that's not going away for the Titans – Miserable second-half offense. Now, I am torn on this, Hutton, because I see Todd Downing apparently doing a hell of a job preparing this team offensively with a plan to start games because they are crushing it offensively in the first half. 24 points against the Raiders. Should have been 27 at least against the Colts. They had the gaff. They get 24 at halftime again, but nothing in the second half. And I'm, I'm not just being trivial – when I say nothing, they had 20 plays for 28 yards in the second half against the Colts. Nothing in the second half. Mike Vrabel says it's not a problem. What say you? Um, it's a huge issue, and he knows it. I'm not sure he has a great answer for it right now. Um, and I think that's why he's saying, you know, I, I love this game post game. He was like, I, you know, I, I loved it. Felt great. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm paraphrasing, but I, he and he shouldn't apologize for it because they won. Be a much bigger issue if the the Colts came back and won that game. The the Titans lead the NFL in first quarter points this season, and in the first half they ranked fourth in the NFL. Uh, they're like eighth or ninth in yards, and they convert over fifty percent of their third downs in the first half. And then they fall apart. Todd Downing's offense is last in points. They're last in yards. They convert just over 25% on third down in the second half. All of them, not just Downing, all of them have been bad in the second half. Wide receiver's a major issue. Robert Woods leads the team in yardage. He, he He's tied for 66th. That's one of the reasons why the offense struggles, because as the game progresses, there's no guy to go to. Um, that That's... Someone's got to step up, but there's no one that I can just spit, you know, spitball, pick out of a bag and say, this is their guy this year to do that. 
And if, if Henry's not getting, getting them to like second and six or less in the second half, most likely they're punting. And we've seen that quite a bit. Let's look at the injury situation for the Titans right now. Status on some injury concerns as we go into this week now. We're, we're in the middle of it, getting ready for this Washington Commanders team. Yeah, you know, Traylon Burks has turf toe. Um, will we see more of Kyle Phillips now with the shoulder issue? We didn't see much of him in Indy. Can we see more of Josh Gordon this week? They can only call him up one more time from the practice squad. And if they do that, if they want to elevate him again, they have to sign him to their active roster for three weeks. Um, so I, I think that would be beneficial to put some speed out there. Uh, it, uh, to me, he's a better option than Des Fitzpatrick or Mason Kinsey. But those guys are also on the practice squad. And will we see? Will we see Bud Dupree or Amani Hooker this week? Depth on defense stepped up in Indy, uh, not just Schobert, but Dylan Cole and others. But the Titans, you know, they've got to have some backup receivers or, heaven forbid, Austin Hooper um, actually have his number called and, and make a big play moving forward. What and a, then they go a, in the bye week I, and they can get healthy. What a big one one reception for four yards, though, for oh. Austin Hooper. It was for a first down. Hey, I, let's get, let's get, cut the guy some slack. He had that one reception of four yards, but at least it was a third down pickup for a first down for Austin Hooper. It's uh, I, I this surprises me it, on the list of surprises to start the year, and it's a long season. But I would have said, and I have said in the off season, they upgraded at tight end from where they were a year ago, and then they drafted Chigakwankwo, who had his best game as a rookie. I thought they'd be more involved based on what I saw all preseason and what I saw in camp, even in OTAs all the way through. We have not seen that. It's That's concerning because I, Tannehill likes to check down or look over the middle to the intermediate routes with tight ends. We saw that with Jonu Smith. I'd, I'd like to think Austin Hooper's capable of more. Hutton, quickly, what are some keys to beating the commanders on Sunday? So pound the rock. You know, we that that's always going to be a key for this. Um, and and that's, that's Derrick Henry in the offensive line. Just pick up where you left off in Indy. Jahan Dotson is likely missing this game due to a hamstring issue. And there's no reason why Terry McLaurin should single-handedly beat them. So that's number two. Um, don't let him go off. Uh, treat him as you would treat uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, they, they held in check. I, I was pleased with what he was not capable of doing against the Titans defensive backs. Don't let McLaurin become the next big thing like Diggs, and finally just protect the football. The only way the Titans lose this game, in my mind, is if they beat themselves. Cut out the stupid bleep, as Vrabel likes to say. Protect the football, they'll win the game. The Tennessee Vols were not born on the Bayou, but they will live on the Bayou this week. A trip to LSU and some crazy games in the past when these two teams meet up in Baton Rouge will preview Tennessee LSU and tell you what the Vols need to get done if they are going to come home 5-0, and getting ready for Alabama. Full Tennessee LSU preview as Tennessee will be in the smoky gray uniforms at LSU this weekend. That's coming up next. This is Episode 6 of the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Chad Withrow's breakdown of this week's big orange matchup next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. 
So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley's bbq.com This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. It's the Tennessee Power Hour. We are served by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us for this week's episode, getting you ready for the Titans and the Vols. And a big thanks to all of our sponsors throughout the football season. Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Get you some Greenbrier. Two Rivers Ford, Regal Realty Group, and Edley's Barbecue at edleysbbq.com. Chad, the Vols back in action this weekend. They're back, baby. And they are back. there's a lot, of, a lot of momentum. A lot of momentum with this team. And... LSU's got some momentum back in the top 25. Yeah, LSU, you know, four and one on the season. Um, they've already got wins over Mississippi State and Auburn, and kind of Mississippi State win looks pretty good after Mississippi State yeah. handled AM. Uh, so this is a good LSU team. We knew they were going to be talented coming into the season. This is probably going to be the worst of Brian Kelly's LSU teams, but it's a program that took in more transfer players than anyone else in the country this past offseason. So they are still trying to find their footing this season. Did not work out well in week one against Florida State, uh, but they they figured it out. They've got their bearings about them now, and what they've shown, and we're going to talk about this in the preview when we look at this LSU team, a resilient bunch. They've fallen behind uh, three different times, uh, and they've won two of them, and they fell behind pretty significantly in two games this year. But this is not a stretch to say this about most teams in football. The key to what LSU does offensively is Jaden Daniels, especially behind an offensive line that has not been good so far for LSU. They're not generating much, much of a running back run game. Jaden Daniels is forced to make a decision quickly. A lot of times that decision is to run because the offensive line has been porous so far for LSU. But Daniels is eighth in the SEC in total offense. He got banged up and left the game on Saturday. He had a back issue. Now he's got a lower body issue. So is he 100%? Probably not. Is Hendon Hooker 100% after taking the fall against Florida? Probably not. You could say that about a lot of quarterbacks across the country right now. Not everyone's playing at 100%. I don't expect Jaden Daniels to be at 100%, but he's going to play on Saturday for LSU. Um, he's eighth in the SEC in total offense, 247 passing yards or total yards per game. Compare and contrast that. Hendon Hooker's number one in the SEC at 342. 68% uh, uh, completion percentage in six touchdowns, 321 yards on the ground. He is far and away, Hutton, their leading rusher also. They're going to divvy the ball up in carries with four different running backs. None of them have really had breakout performances yet. So Jaden Daniels is the key for LSU. Brian Kelly's got to look at this Tennessee secondary, especially when he turns on that film against Florida in the career day Anthony Richardson had, and think, this is a passing game. We are going to test Tennessee deep. We are going to test the middle of the field. We are going to throw it and throw it some more in this game, and I do not blame him for that. Warren Burrell, Tennessee starting cornerback to start the season, out for the year. He was unimpressive when he played, but he's out for the season. Good bit of news for Tennessee in the secondary. D. Williams looks like he's going to be available for this game. Don't know how much he's going to play. But he's a junior college transfer. This is not an 18-year-old true freshman. This is an older guy with some experience that 
you got to start seeing it. We talked about it last week. We got to start seeing what some of these guys have in the secondary. That last week during the bye week, you got to be trying out a lot of different players to see what they can do because Tennessee needs any help they can get in the secondary right now. And they're going to need it again on Saturday against LSU. Well, the weakness for Tennessee's in the secondary, LSU is has always been known for developing solid corners and safeties. And I, I'm curious about the matchup for, from the LSU pass defense and how Tennessee can, can try to go at them or uh, try not to make big crucial errors against them because they're pretty good. Yeah, which strength is going to shine? Because Tennessee and Hendon Hooker's strength is not throwing it into trouble, not throwing the big interception. He has not thrown one yet this year for Tennessee. And LSU, they're going to give up some yards. They did that to Robbie Ashford, the freshman from Auburn this past weekend. Ashford had 337 yards and two TDs. Auburn also turned the ball over four times and had multiple interceptions. They put the ball on the ground six times. So LSU, great at takeaways defensively. Tennessee, I, I don't think anything LSU does is going to change what Tennessee is going to try to accomplish in the passing game. It is very simple. Tennessee is going to send a guy in motion to see if they're in zone or man. And when they know they've got man-to-man coverage, Josh Heupel is going to trust his receivers to win one-on-ones. That's what they do. He's going to bring in guys that he trusts. He's going to show confidence in them. He's got a quarterback he trusts to put in the right spot. And he's going to let them go win one-on-one battles against their corners, and even with the athleticism, the length of LSU secondary, we're going to continue to see that from Tennessee in this game. So it's going to be about winning those one-on-one battles when they get in press man coverage, and I think LSU is going to do that. They're going to mix and match coverages throughout the game. So continuing to not turn it over, put the ball in harm's way, is going to be key for Tennessee. I think for LSU – it's tough to go into a game against Tennessee and say, well, we're going to shut down the passing game because no one's been able to do that, and I don't think that's going to happen. Tennessee's going to get yardage in this game. But if you can produce two turnovers from your secondary, that's probably going to be a win for LSU because of how infrequently Hendon Hooker turns the ball over. So their key is, hey, we'll give up some passing yardage. Let's not give up too many huge plays down the field in one-on-one coverage. And the more plays Tennessee runs, the, the the higher likelihood that our defense, and I'm talking about LSU, can force a turnover. And and that's the that's the way this LSU defense plays the game. We will we will state some obvious things over the course of this season on this show on the Tennessee Power Hour. Uh, but when we do, our goal is to take you a layer or two deeper than just the surface level comment, like I'm about to make, which is the Vols need to score and they need to score early. But, Chad, why is it important that the Vols get back to what they did well last year, which is putting up points in the first quarter? If things go true to form in this for this season for Tennessee and LSU so far, Tennessee's probably going to have about a three or seven to nothing lead at the end of the first quarter of this game. LSU has been terrible starting the football game, and not just first quarter, first half, against anyone of substance on their schedule. Florida State. Mississippi State, Auburn. Um, looking at Mississippi State and Auburn specifically, they're down 13 nothing, you know, in into the first half of that game. They're down 17 nothing and come from behind at Auburn last week to win that game. I don't think Auburn is very good. They got a decent defense, but they're not a very good team. Mississippi State is a good team. Falling behind good teams is what LSU does. Now, a year ago for Tennessee, what they did was blitzkrieg in the first half, in the first quarter of games. They got all over teams in the first quarter and dropped off in the second. This year, we we flipped that. Tennessee is the best team in the country at scoring points in that eight-minute crucial window of last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. But if Tennessee can play true to 2021 form in the first quarter and LSU continues to put it on a tee for their opposition the first quarter, this could be – nearing a blowout at the end of one quarter because LSU is a slow starter. If Tennessee can get back to a fast start, I'm not saying LSU is going to go run away and hide because they've come back multiple times this year and there's going to be plenty of opportunities against Tennessee's defense to put up some points. But Tennessee could be feeling really good at halftime of this game if they can get back to that point production they had a year ago in the first quarter. And a flip side of this, they've got to limit LSU's big plays on offense. That sounds very simple, 
But why is it important when it comes to LSU and what they do or maybe don't do well if they're not getting chunk yardage? Well, I thought, you know, preseason we're talking about Tennessee's opponents, and I'm thinking, boy, Kayshawn Booty's a second-team All-American. That's going to be a big play threat throughout the game. He had two targets against Auburn. I have no idea what's going on there. Maybe he has a breakout performance against Tennessee. We know other receivers have had big days against Tennessee's secondary. But now I look at LSU as a pretty pedestrian passing game in terms of where they're going to throw the football. It's going to be a short passing game. They rank 46th in the country in yards per play. So let's not let LSU get to an explosive offensive game. If they're going to do it against Tennessee, it could be a death death by a thousand paper cuts type game. But you don't want this to be the game that Kayshawn Booty goes nuts and gets things going the way we know that he's capable of doing. So, look, it's it's kind of counterintuitive because there's times where I almost watch Tennessee's defense and think, man, it'd be better if you're going to give up this touchdown just to give it up quickly instead of allowing, you know, four third and 12 conversions on one drive. But this is a game where the the possibility of LSU turning it over is also going to go up exponentially if you make them run more and more plays. So, again, it's very basic to say don't give up the big play, but I think the way LSU's offense functions, it's especially important for Tennessee in this game to not let them suddenly become a big play offense. We knew what the wins would mean against Pitt, against Florida, and they got both of them. What would a win over LSU mean for the season outlook of these Vols? I said in the preseason, three games that were going to be pivot points this season that were toss-up games. At Pitt, Florida at home, at LSU. Tennessee wins this weekend, Hutton. They are 3-0 and in those games. So win that and the possibility of you know losing to Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, still out there, but you feel really good about the rest of Tennessee's schedule and get to 5-0 and hosting Alabama. I almost don't want to say it because the atmosphere would be so incredible if that oh. happens, but just how big that would be for this program. And that's where uh, we'll leave our, our listeners right now, which is Tennessee's headed to LSU to Baton Rouge. They'll take on the Tigers. Next week, we'll recap that game. It will be Tennessee-Bama week. We'll get you ready for the Vols and the Crimson Tide, and the Titans will be coming off their game against Washington and into the early bye week and we'll be able to reset and forecast the remainder of the season. Chad, it's been fun. Thanks for everyone tuning in uh, across uh, multiple platforms here. It's the Tennessee Power Hour. We're served by Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery, powered by OutKick. Thanks to all of our great partners with Two Rivers Ford, Regal Realty Group, and Ed Lee's Barbecue. See you next week.